Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Have you ever done jury duty? Mm-mm. I've uh, been called to appear, but then always uh, let off the hook before I even had to show up at the courthouse. I hope that's the case. I have to call tonight to find out if I need to show up tomorrow. I would think you'd be really into it if you got a good, uh, interesting case. I just don't like things that are different. <laughs> I see. Ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Autopod Decepticast. This is your weekly podcast that delivers a minute-by-minute breakdown of the 1986 Transformers movie. And this is episode 81, which means we're covering the one-hour, 20-minute, and one-second mark to the one-hour, 21-minute, and, well, zero-second mark. We are in the credits, and uh, this is your host, Aaron, and with me are two guys who are... Certainly never going to dance again. Their guilty feet have absolutely no rhythm. And, you know, guilty feet or not, I'd argue these manny's looking motherfuckers ain't got no rhythm anyway. So, uh, introduce yourselves. Hey, whiteies. <laughs> I'm Mayo Ryan. And I'm, uh... George Michael. <laughs> Beautiful. Uh, George, I, I do oh. like mayonnaise. I do too. And I like this. And I, I, this has come up like three times in the past week where like I was talking to West and like I just about how I don't even know how it originated, but like um, it's, it's the, the whitest the stereotype of yes, white people, people like mayonnaise. mayonnaise. Yeah. Yes. You know, it's, uh, it's, what is it? It's eggs. It's, it's vinegar, right? Olive oil. oil yeah. Any I mean, vinegar? Is there any vinegar in there? No. Well, there's yeast. Yeah. Or sugar. And what's, sugar. What's the seasoning? You can, it's, it can be sweet. You put some sugar, sugar in there. You can do whatever you want. I mean, basically mayonnaise is, we should just call it aioli. It's the same exact thing. It's just whenever mayonnaise is putting on airs, it's called aioli. <laughs> I think of aioli as a, as herbed. Like it, 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 mayonnaise, but maybe with some rosemary or some shit in there. Yeah, it's like it's <laughs> stepping out on the town. Oh it's got its evening wear on. A white tux. <laughs> a mayonnaise tux. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Oh, get on that, Lady Gaga. Yeah. Uh, I didn't realize mayonnaise was such a critical ingredient in things like, in it, like in carrot cake or something, or oh, really? like cheesecake. Or, I don't or, think it's I, in either all right, of never those mind. things. I've you never... might be thinking about sour cream. Maybe that's not or related. Cream cheese. No, Maybe. no, no. Those are totally. I know, but I'm no, just saying that are in. Oh, in the cake. I thought you meant mayonnaise was in sour cream. Uh, Do you know that mayonnaise is in sour cream? And there's like, a, the, you know what? Thirty years ago, you could just say shit like that, and there was no way to prove it wrong. You couldn't just look it up immediately and be milk, like, "Milk is just melted mayonnaise, right?" <laughs> well, yeah, it's, it has a really high melting temperature. That's why you can keep it in the fridge, and it's still liquid. I I, I remember fondly uh, Christmases growing up, uh, Grandma. I would always just put a big dollop of mayonnaise in the uh, eggnog. It was great. Put it on top of the the pumpkin pie. <laughs> Everything. She was crazy. <laughs> so we totally uh, left off George Michael as a conversation topic. Oh. He was 17 years old when he wrote that song. What? Yeah. 17. He wrote it on the bus. I guess to school, passing time. And he, he was riding it. the bus at 17. Um, 
Maybe. I mean, it was Britain. I they, guess everyone... it is different. Like, I don't know if Britain's the same way, but in some countries, it costs a lot of money to get your driver's license. Yeah, and in some countries, they actually care about, like, um, they're, they're just more in tune with mass transit. Sure. It's a yeah. small, I mean, it's smaller. Yeah, it is true. I didn't do many, you know, many research very long. I listen that. I, there's uh, British British uh, bands that uh, I've heard. I listened to a documentary about uh, Badfinger, and they, when they toured the U.S., they were like, "Oh my God!" It just the, we just kept driving and driving between venues. Like they said, you know, some venues were 500 miles apart, and I'm like, "Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah." yeah for them, that's like driving. Be, from one part of uh, Great Britain to the other, or I, I think like, even further, yeah. <laughs> you could be like yeah. driving to all, to the to European continent. You know, I mean, people are different, used to different things. Like we were talking about this, it's like being from Wisconsin and coming to you know our Arkansas, and it's like, oh, it's forty degrees, and they're like wearing shorts. Oh, sure. or like you talked about Caleb on the way up here. Uh, if it rains in LA, people lose their minds. They do. I've seen it happen. <laughs> they, <laughs> I, I saw I saw him because uh, it might rain this week in, mm-hmm. in in California. When I have driven in LA, and you mm-hmm. have too, mm-hmm. I drove in a, in a pretty heavy downpour, and I saw with my own eyes three separate automobile accidents. <laughs> I saw a guy. Well, they drive like crazy anyway. Yeah, I saw a guy, I was, they, and it was all like they would, their cars would just they would just hydroplane. <laughs> it wasn't like it wasn't like you know it was just like all of a sudden the car would just be like. You know, like mm-hmm. just and hit a, a, a median, and mm-hmm. I was just like, and I was terrified because like I was not for my own skills, but that somebody was going to hit yeah. me. Yeah, it's like just in a war zone. Yeah, it's, it's, it was crazy. And you're being mortared by was, raindrops. Yeah, well, it was to, absolutely crazy. To be fair, there and also like whenever there's like, oh, there's snow in Texas and people can't drive or, or like they shut yeah, the schools Dallas, because there's Dallas. an inch. Yeah. But also like you have to remember their infrastructure is not built for That's that. That's right. <laughs> it's true. And apparently LA's infrastructure is not built for rain. I just don't think anybody should be driving in LA. <laughs> no, they should be riding the bus like George Michael Dutt. That's right. And they can write a brilliant song. song. That's right. I mean, you get a little more time. Way to bring it around. You got it. Ryan, do you care to tell the story of when uh, you uh, danced uh, with my uh, youngest stepdaughter to oh Careless Whisper? Yeah. No, I don't, but <laughs> I do remember. What was that game? It was like... Uh, uh, it's like one of those just dancey type of yeah. games, and it was like... I feel like it was a snow day or something. Everybody had the day yes. off work, and... and uh, uh, so you were, I, you came over, we were neighbors at the time. Yeah, I came over and, I mean, she's like, she was like seven, I think at the time. Maybe younger. Six or seven. <laughs> and she six. wanted to do, uh, like a, do, like basically the whole thing is it was on the Wii mm-hmm. and it was a game where you strike poses. Well, it's, no, you're dancing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but you're yeah, doing you emotions. Get, but you get the point. I th- I'm going to say it was just dance or something like that. Something That's, like that. Yeah. And you're supposed to match the motions that are on the screen. Mm-hmm. And was that the song? She and and she was picking. She just picked a random song. Uh huh. And and she's like, dance with me. And that happened to be the song that then pops. And up then on I the start screen. listening to these lyrics, and it's like, I'm dancing with a six year old, and this is a super like sexual song. <laughs> and not only that, uh, like the it's not well, the, I should say the silhouettes that you had to follow, they weren't like sexual. No, but, but they were, were. But they were romantic. <laughs> Like she, there was some like put your flat hands up against the other person's sure. flat hands and move them around <laughs> yeah. like this kind of thing, which you cannot see me doing because this is an audio medium. Uh, medium. But but yeah. uh, but anyway, it was it was embarrassing. I'm sure for Ryan and awkward, but for me as a viewer, it was <laughs> it was awkward and also hilarious because yeah. I knew how you must have felt oh, in God. that situation because it's how 
I would have felt. I mean, and you don't want to make a big deal out of it because she's a little kid. Yeah, right. and she doesn't read any of this as weird. Well, she's as an adult, having fun. As but. an adult male, I'm always because she's, um, she's not a pervert like you guys are. <laughs> well, it's, it's not. You don't have to be a pervert. It's it's that's weird. a weird situation. No. As an adult male, I'm always thinking like, I hope nobody thinks I'm trying to touch their kids. Like oh, any, boy. you put that out there. Well, I think about it because it's like you know, well, as someone who doesn't have kids or has yeah, yeah, you're right. and I have no, no right. reason to be around kids. So yeah. when I am, I'm like kind of low key nervous. Right? Like, no, yeah, I like, get what you're saying. Like Kenny lately is like my four year old. He he's really into Carolina right now. Like mm-hmm. she's so cool, you know. And mm-hmm. Carolina, like, uh, my youngest stepdaughter. Yes, and he's like ten. Yeah, uh, and he's like, can Carolina come over and spend the night and stuff? And I'm like, that's fine. And Carolina spent the night before. It's just like, it's hard for me to, well, I, there's, I'm sorry, not to get on a tangent, but he, there's two different levels for him. He's four. He's like, why can't Carolina come over right now? And I'm like, well, it's a school night. And <laughs> little, there's, there's some logistics. And yeah. Well, he doesn't say it like that. But he's just like, can Carolina come over tonight? And I'm like, no, and here's why. There's school. And then also it's like, I mean, it, I don't know if she wants to play with, just play right. with him, you know, right. so anyway. But, but she's also this. got Harrison there as well, so I mean. Yeah, that's fine. The, It'd be cool. Get there the same age, yeah. gets in the Kenny time, yeah. and, and yeah. they really get some good time in with Harrison. And I've taken, I've, like, it's different whenever I, like, I've taken, I took Carolina to Incredible Pizza recently, and that's different because everybody just assumes I'm her father or whatever, so that's totally comfortable, and, you know. I will you, say. Then you spend $80. <laughs> when I'm in an airport, uh, or on a plane, you know, those there's those moments, or just anywhere in public, where for whatever reason a little kid catches your eye and they like and they, <laughs> and they like wink. you, <laughs> and they but they like you make a face or something and they think it's funny or whatever, and you're <laughs> looking at me like, where are you going with this? No, I'm just going back to what you were to the saying. bathroom. <laughs> Mile High Club, <laughs> Kitty Division. Oh God, no! But but I like you just have those goofy little moments with strangers <laughs> who are, who guess are children. You do. I and do not. Never. No. You never have those moments where I a, kid, a mom or is holding a kid and he's over your shoulder and he just won't stop looking at I, you. Okay. And so sure. you make faces and it makes him start laughing and then the mother turns around to see what the kid is laughing at and it's you. And you've got and it you're now. Like, <laughs> you've got it now, but you still feel a little weird. <laughs> but like, oh, what does God. she think I'm doing? Does she think I'm planting seeds? Oh God, I'm grooming this child. Uh, <laughs> Anyway, uh, Careless Whisper, great song yeah, by a great I mean, artist, R.I.P. George Michael. That's right. Um, hey, quick note to anybody. If you've never listened to this podcast before, <laughs> first of all, where the hell have you been? And second of Why all, now? <laughs> welcome. <laughs> I'll tell you where we've been. We've been reviewing this stupid movie minute by minute for over a, a year and time. a half. And if this is your first time here, you should know we've made it through the entire animated sequence of the movie. And we're covering the credits. So... If you want to get a true sense of what this thing is all about, um, I would implore you to pick any episode but this one. Uh, but preferably, you know, enjoy a little start right from the very beginning. If you're a fan of the 86 movie, I have to believe that will be the best way to listen to this thing. Start from the beginning and realize it gets better. Or uh, maybe maybe start from now and just go backwards. Do a oh, memento. Worse. Do a memento type thing. I'd like that. <laughs> Do no, that. man. Uh, we don't cover news or toys, and so our podcast really can't be dated except for the fact that we talk incessantly about a movie from 1986. But uh, so that's your primer. Hit stop. Go back to the beginning, or don't. I don't care. 
Whatever. Whatever. It's almost like this announcement meant nothing. Yeah. Life is meaningless. Yeah. So, uh, quick shout out before we get into it here. Um, this is a friend of the show, writer, reader, raconteur, and longtime listener, Michael Andrews, a.k.a. Will Write for Pizza, mm-hmm. a.k.a. Baby Pizza. Daddy of the iconic ghost moment that's guy. Right. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, misattributed to a different listener for, <laughs> for a while, for a long time, but but you know we got it eventually, and he sent us an email that uh, that I just wanted to go over because I think it'll inspire some uh, conversation and maybe uh, with other listeners out there. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to read this. Listening to episode 77 got me thinking of my humble Transformer beginnings. I wanted to share with you as the show proper wraps up. If possible, please discuss on air. <laughs> okay, no. There you go. Check. Check. <laughs> the 86 movie will always have a special place in my heart, especially considering I didn't know it existed until I was 13 or 14. I'm a Transformers fan from way back. Without much internet presence and limited access, I didn't know it existed. My cousin told me it was a thing, and we spent an entire weekend driving around trying to find a VHS copy. Oh, my God. Final- back in the dark ages. Yeah. Um, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, he is from the Minnesota area. But oh uh, yeah, but my cousin told me it was a thing. We spent an entire weekend trying to find the VHS copy. Finally, found one at Suncoast Pictures. Brought it home to watch it, but it was but I was quite sick with a wicked cold from the weekend of shenanigans. My first viewing was not entirely complete. Definitely, he's definitely from Minnesota. Somewhere the, in the north, yeah. But the fever did help make it quite vivid. Because I was missing this gap in the storyline, the show was always very confusing to me when I was an elementary school kid. I watched seasons one and two religiously, but then I started spending my summers with my grandparents and their cable TV and would watch syndicated episodes of season three. What in the hell? I loved season three instantly, despite it making no sense to me. For a long time, I thought the Autobot leader was named Robinus Prime. (laughs) Editorial note, that should be a feather in the cap of listener, Robinus Prime. Um, Named after the flashy bird with a bright orange chest. (laughs) Furthermore, (laughs) I thought he changed into Razor Claw due to the similarity between the graphic on Rodimus Prime's chest hood and the of Razor Claw's mane. Am I the only one that saw this similarity? Please validate me. Editorial note, I cannot validate you. I didn't think about that. But I guess, you know, if you squint. Uh, If I squint, I can make anything look like anything. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh, Your show has been an awesome clinic of the film as well as friendship. Yeah. Friendship. Friendship. Please please keep it up long past the credits. See you at TFCon. So we'll look forward (laughs) to seeing him at TFCon. See you in the elevator. Um, and I would say that my experience, and I've, we've talked about this on the show, was similar to his. Uh, the, I, I did know there was a movie, but I did not see it in between uh, season the seasons. Two and three. So yeah. season three was just like this psychedelic craziness. And uh, But I kind of pieced it together like with the help of episodes like Dark Awakening. Obviously Prime died. There's a new leader. And even, I think, there's enough clues to help you understand Galvatron as Megatron. But, yeah, it was weird. And I liked it as well, but I wanted to see that movie. Yeah, somehow I... Maybe I'm just... I don't know what you call it, but misremembering. But uh, I want to say that somehow I did see the movie, not in the theater, but saw the movie and that season... Three made Before the craziness? That season three made sense to me. Like, I knew what was going on. But I, I, I can't imagine watching season three and being like, like, not 
knowing what's... I guess at the time, I and I don't remember, like, my memory of my childhood is all over the place where it's like I never know when anything happened. It's all just like, maybe I was 10. Um, but, like, I, as far as this show and movie goes, I know that I probably saw the movie after season three mm-hmm. I'd already watched. Um but I don't remember. I think maybe I just viewed TV and movies differently at the time. Well, of course you do you're as a kid. But like, I think I just accepted anything because I didn't think season three was weird when I was a kid at all. Hmm. I, it was just like, yeah, I, I clearly, this is what's happening. I clearly knew it was a complete, like, shouldn't say completely, but it was a, a different bird than uh, season one and two. I mean, it becomes like a space opera. So yeah, that's cliche, it was a, but. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't know. I mean, they should make a live action di- movie like that. <laughs> <laughs> the difference between the two is like Norman Rockwell and Salvador Dali, though. I mean, like that's mm. like how strict a cutoff, it, the, like in tone you? and style uh, between the two to me. Like Galvatron in the Insane Asylum and the like little weird slug pretty creatures. Weird. <laughs> That's pretty weird. Mommy, mommy. And maybe, <laughs> uh, maybe I'm cherry picking an no, episode that really picks no. the. Any, I will <laughs> say though, Galvatron <laughs> is a maniac. Like yeah. any episode with him is insane because yeah. he is insane. <laughs> yeah, I love it. So I guess so, um, listeners. I love this. If you like to share your stories in the movie, its impact, uh, let us know. We'll share it. Uh, and maybe we'll just compile it into a special mm-hmm. episode post season. It'd be a nice little, com- you know, like compilation. Some, yeah, we both <clears> I think <throat> have some ideas for some special episodes after this run is over. And Caleb's like, I'm out. <laughs> yeah, you guys have fun. I'll call in. I'll call in every once in a while. That's I great. have pneumonia. I'll have pneumonia again. Uh, we'll just have a different illness every week. <laughs> Today it's rickets. What's your excuse to this league? <laughs> got, got the scurvy. <laughs> Sick Caleb. Yeah. I like that persona. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. Um, just a little bit of news and. Dateline, Transformers. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America and all the ships at sea. The Autopod Decepticast has news. Let's go to press. In case you haven't made your mind up about attending TFCon 2018, we'll make your mind up for you. We, the Autobot Decepticast, will be at TFCon 2018 hosting our very own special panel, revisiting a handful of the most blasphemous moments from the movie. And our favorite script deviations, some horseplay with the help a friend of the show, a real horse, <laughs> Mr. Ed. <laughs> Sorry, Mike Seibert. Mike Seibert, there's been a change. You've, you've been replaced by a talking horse. Wilbur. That was an excellent Mr. Ed. Thank you. Uh, uh, no, actually, yeah. it will be Mike Seibert, who is not a horse, rather a human being. He is. A human. Actually, I mean... Superhuman. He's a centaur. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of centaur porn. <laughs> he's so good. Hi, I'm Mike Seibert. <laughs> Centaur, <laughs> hop on. I'm picturing <laughs> that animated sequence in Freddy Got Finger where he hooves. <laughs> one of the hooves. If he does one of the legs comes down and does this, it go. It does a, a curly cue and then drop down. <laughs> My bum is on the. Swedish. And that is why we're going to our next. Uh, I think our next project should be a minute by minute review of Freddy Got Finger. I, I wonder if I remember thinking it was funny <laughs> as I was younger, but I haven't seen it since it came out, and I bet it's not. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> 
<laughs> that might be. So yeah, Mike. Mike is going to be helping us mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. He and, yeah, it's finally October, motherfuckers. The best that's month true. of the year. That's right. And that, that's uh, I'll be forty-one uh, this year, and we won't be having a, knock, a Halloween party because, which is my birthday, because we'll be at uh, the old TFCon. I so will buy ex- Ryan a birthday drink at TFCon. Yes. I will accept cash or used underwear. Okay, that's easy for me. I got your present already. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Thank oh, you. which reminds me, I have a birthday present for you. Hang on. Oh, you gotta give it to him on the air. Here, I'll just give it to you right now. Okay. Okay. A little early. A little early. Boy, oh boy. In my hot hands, and hopefully you don't have it already, and it's not wrapped. <laughs> okay. <laughs> because I meant to wrap it. Oh. Do you, do you have that, or did you order? I don't. It? I no, I don't. Okay. I don't have right. it, nor did I order it. This okay. is, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I've just been handed Autobot Cavalier Hot Rod, the uh, original um, Hasbro toy. From the 1980s. Wow, it's, it's, it's amazing shape. This is the <laughs> <laughs> yes, this is the Walmart uh, re-release oh. of the product. Yeah, it has not been exposed to as much sunlight as probably most boxes <laughs> toys have been, uh, if any at all. It is, yeah, I thought uh, that's I great, that and I was like, uh, thank you. I think I should have that. The stickers in there and oh, mm-hmm. nice. Mm-hmm. I love the artwork of the box art. For mm-hmm. these, yeah, it's these great. days and time, and especially the back. Yep, and look at the back. I, I like the the, the uh, you know they have the biography basically of the of the character, and then that cool red and blue. Aren't like, you supposed uh, to? Aren't you supposed stats. to like put a, a red filter? There's a red filter that's so probably like, in here. What do you think? Are you going to pop it open or? Absolutely, yeah. I, I'm not the. I mean, no shade on the people who do, but I definitely like to open and play with things. So. I will open this later and uh, play with it. Take some sexy pictures with it. Okay. So join us at TFCon, TFCon USA, 2018, October 26 to 28, Crown Plaza Hotel, rather not Clown Plaza. That would the be, Clown Plaza that is hilarious. Um, and uh, one other quick shout out: APDC store up soon someday. We've I got guess. we've Say got every some, episode. Our posters just showed up. We're yeah, uh, I just need to get the store going. Um, and we'll maybe we'll have some of those on hand at TFCon. Let's move this show. Right along. Um, The last episode recaps. Uh, The whole gang somehow made its way down from Unicron's eye hole to Cybertron. Anyway, it's it's been suggested that uh, that uh, Skylinks perhaps should have been in this movie and given, uh, given them right. a ride yes. to uh, down to Cybertron or but Jetfire. But yes. that's not what happened. Yeah, any of those guys. But somehow they made their way from Unicron's eye hole to Cybertron, and despite the fact that a, a force the magnitude of like a thousand X hydrogen bomb exploded like a mile away from all the Autobots, <laughs> they all made it to the planet unscathed. Yeah, you guys gave me shit about this, and I'm still. <laughs> I'm still annoyed that you were like, you're dumb. Why do you care how they got to the planet? I, like, it's important. I did not give you shit about You it. both did. No. You were like, oh, that's the that's the turning point? We just watched him drive out of a huge robot. Yeah, that was, that was me. That was mostly you, but Aaron <laughs> acted like I, I was crazy, him, too. I uh, Rodimus Prime emerged from some kind of building, gave a short inspirational speech. No teleprompters, I might add. Obama. <laughs> Shots fired at our <laughs> former president. Some final moments of consensual wrist grabbing and celebration, and we pan up to reveal the surprise twist ending of the whole movie. Cybertron is made of dicks. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. 
and then we got into the credits, and we covered in alphabetical order from uh, Kranix himself, Mr. Norm Alden, all the way to Buster Jones, who gave life to one of my favorite characters, Blaster. And we're going to kick off this minute, uh, continuing to cover the remaining actors. You'll recall that we don't necessarily want to cover the actors in as much depth as we did previously. Right. If you want to listen to that, listen to the previous yeah. episodes. We get into it, but uh, we're going to read each character and associated actor's name. Caleb, you can uh, take this the game? lead on that. Oh, I'll do this This again. whole game. I like this. And, uh, and I am going to uh, deliver a one-phrase recap to sum up my knowledge of them. It may okay. or may not be... Uh, respectful. It might be a string of nonsense words, but hey, you got 80 episodes of yeah. quality. And we got to <laughs> get this thing going. So uh, let's uh, let's start off right at the top. Okay, we have Scourge, portrayed by Stan Jones. Rogues Gallery. And the reason I say that is, is he's a Batman a, reference. He's a big Hanna-Barbera, super friends guy. He played a lot of villains, including Lex Luthor, Kingpin, and Doctor Doom. I should really quickly interject. Uh-huh. That if you're really into uh, these voice actors, I have a special segment at the at the uh, TFCon on voice actors. Mm-hmm. So please buy a ticket. <laughs> take the ride. Take the ride. <laughs> ride the snake. Okay, <laughs> to, to the lake. Three fish. Um, <laughs> Cliff Jumper, as portrayed by Casey Kasem. Carbomia. Yeah. Oh God! Yep. <laughs> I don't think we need to yeah. spend a whole lot of time on right that. There. And speaking of Lotta. Starscream, as portrayed by Chris Lotta. Retreat! 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 Probably got really annoyingly loud. Yeah, you actually shake when you do that. <laughs> uh, there's a YouTube clip that we should put in the credit in our on the website. It's a link to a lot of his voiceovers on YouTube, and uh, by far the Cobra slash Starscream voice yeah. was leveraged the most. But oh, he yeah. did. I mean, he had tons, like dozens and dozens of different characters. Uh, but that profile was used quite a bit. Wasn't he also Wheeljack? He was Wheeljack, a very different voice. They, yeah, they're totally different. Okay, next we have Daniel, portrayed by David Mendenhall. Worst supporting actor. <gasps> oh, we got the Razzie? Razzie Award <laughs> for Over the, oh, top. the Top with Sliced Alone. Love that movie. Gears with Don Messick. <laughs> That wasn't too bad. Was that? <laughs> that was a horse sound. <laughs> it's supposed to be Scooby-Doo. That's Mike Cyber. It was supposed to be Scooby-Doo, as this is oh. the original Scooby-Doo from 1969 to 1985. Oh, that was, a, that was Scooby. I thought it was a horse. Also, he was credited for Gears, uh, who did not appear in this movie, but he did also voice Scavenger, who did appear. Huh. As well, uh, he also did the voice ah. of Ratchet, but Ratchet died and didn't have a voice. So anyway, he's credited for a character he didn't voice in this movie. Interesting. You could have at least <clears throat> done Ratchet, who did appear at right. least on screen. Right. Next we have Blur, portrayed by Micro Machine Man himself, John Mashita. 586 words per minute. That's, That's too many. Crazy. That's referring to his record-breaking words per minute, which he held until 1990, broken by Steve Woodmore in 1990, who spoke 637 words. And then again, another person by the name of Sean Shannon spoke 655 words. The Wikipedia article goes on to say, quote, however, Moshida questions the legitimacy of those who claim to be faster than he is. <laughs> I would. <wouldn't laughs> he got beef. Also, like, what a terrible thing to set a record for. <laughs> like, ah, I can think of few worse things to set Aside from John Moshida, that has no purpose. Like, that was his deal. And that's how he made his living. But, like, yeah. if you're just Frank Smith is like, 
I talk really fast. I mean, not right now, but I can. <laughs> you know, you want to fuck? <laughs> it's not doing you any favors. I wonder if he, if John Moshita got used played. that in his life. Hey, did he get played oh, based on his I, fame? I, but then does oh, it incorporate it into his techniques? Like Conalingus? <laughs> like he can hit that clit like 600 times a minute? Well, I mean, it, <laughs> at least 586 times. <laughs> okay, next. We have Hot Rod slash Rodimus Prime portrayed by Judd Milson. This biscuit head looking. <laughs> ah, yeah, good biscuit reference. Head. New Jack City. Referring, of course, to the Ice Tea line, referring to Judd Nelson's character, Scotty Appleton, in New Jack City. Yo, right. Scotty Appleton, yo, biscuit head. What is he, is he calls him a biscuit head motherfucker, I think. Biscuit head motherfucker? Uh, next, we have Galvatron, portrayed by Leonard Nimoy. Mm-hmm. Uh... This is an interesting one. Power trio. Selick, Goody, Danson of Trois Hommes et un Coffin. Three Men, Three men and a Baby. baby. <laughs> uh, did you guys know that Leonard Nimoy directed Three Men and a no, Baby? No, I did not know that. <laughs> <Yes>. No. <laughs> he did not direct the sequel, but he, but he directed, directed the, original? the original Three Men and wow, a Baby. Wow, I did not know that. That's actually blowing That's my mind. That's fascinating. Which uh, was a remake of the French movie, the name I just pronounced. And, and it's interesting to me that the word for cradle in French is basically coffin. What else? <laughs> Which leads me to think, what else? Did he direct any other blockbusters? Or That's, I feel like that is the, uh, that the biggest movie. That movie was huge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that was on. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, next we have Shrapnel, portrayed by Hal Rail. Still alive. Yay! Awesome. Make it happen. Alternatively, uh, I could have said, cool but rude. Give me a break. Give me a break. Because he is the voice of Raphael from the original Ninja Turtles cartoon. As a kid, I always thought in that theme song that they said, cool but prude. Ah. <laughs> he does not go to second base. <laughs> I also love the 80s, 90s trend of theme songs introducing all the characters, the characters. and telling you everything you need to know about them. Uh, Brady's bu- Brady's bunch. <laughs> There's a good Family Guy bit about that about Maud. Oh, Maud, yes. yes. <laughs> and then there's Maud. Uh, notable TV shows to do this: Brady Bunch, Gilligan's Island, Be- Beverly Hillbillies, My Two Dads, which uh, uh, My Two Dads, which the, you know who a, who star, like stars the um, the Great Value version of Will Riker um, uh, as the the bearded dad. Oh yeah, the cool the cool dad. You guys might remember the theme song to that. It went like this: We're in our thirties. And we're roommates. We're just roommates. We're not gay. (laughs) I do remember that. We just both fucked your mom around the same time. My two dads. (laughs) I love that song. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Buckus. Is that his name? No, there's a football player. I don't think that's who it is. Oh, for Christ's sake. Yeah, Dick Buckus. Is that who's in that show? No, but he's a football. He's a football. He was a coach. Yeah, yeah and but there is a football player in that show. I just can't remember who it is. Off was it the same guy who's the dad from Webster? Nope. Okay, never mind. Uh, Half remembered things from our childhood. Kickback. Kickback. Portrayed by Clive Reville. 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 We'll go with that. Okay. 
There is a great disturbance in the Force. The son of Skywalker must not become a Jedi. That was yeah. very bad. That was pretty good, actually. Yeah. I liked yeah. it. Uh, who, 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 who can forget... Uh, um, Grand Admiral uh, Hepburn. <laughs> <laughs> Why I <honor>. Howard? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yes, the avoid the original voice of Emperor Palpatine before it was replaced by Ian McDermott so on weird. the DVD remakes because we just got to make it better, yeah, guys. Oh yeah, I hate that. Next, we have Bone Crusher, portrayed by Neil Ross. Also, Hook, Springer, and Slag. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Biff Tannen Museum, <laughs> dedicated to Hill Valley's number one citizen and America's greatest folk hero, the one, the only, Biff Tannen. Is that him who mm-hmm. did that announcement? Yes, that is Mr. Neil Ross. Back uh, to the future, too. We uh, so he is the narrator behind, or he is the Biff Tannen Museum narrator. He also, uh, I discovered, it was a narrator basically for the Playboy Channel. Like, uh, oh, I think on the I Playboy found that here, too. like he, like uh, I can't remember what shows exactly. Are you ready to come? <laughs> he was their go-to, like hot, sexy, late, bl- hot, sexy blondes of the South kind wow. of guy. Was it's ba- it's really hard to jerk off to this because it's pretty clean. <laughs> Just some tits. Next, we have Ultra Magnus, as portrayed by Robert Stack. Crack shot. Yes. That's referring to his skill as a world-class skeet shooter. He was on the All-American team at age 16. He set two world records and has been inducted into the National Skeet Shooting Hall of Fame. So fucking interesting. Which, by the youth's definition of skeeting... The youth's? The way the, the way the youth define skeeting, that would be a fun record. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I bet he had that skill, too. It probably. seems like he probably got a lot of tail. Yeah. Uh, so. All right, next. Cup, portrayed by Lionel Stander. Blue Moon Detective Agency. Mm-hmm. That's a callback. for We mentioned that already, of course, from his quick on-screen appearance on... My favorite show, Moonlighting. <laughs> Speaking of Moonlighting, the last television appearance of our next character was oh. on Moonlighting. Yes. Uh, we pretty much probably, I think he did the, the, the that. We talk about it in the earlier episodes, mm-hmm. but I think he did Transformers and then maybe did Moonlighting a couple of days later or maybe a couple of days before he I actually did think, this. I think before, probably. I think it just broadcast yeah. a couple of days uh, okay. before he died. Who are we talking about? <laughs> So, um, next we have Unicron, portrayed by Orson Welles. The other side of the wind. You guys know what that is? No. That's referring to Welles' final film, which is being released on Netflix this November. Yeah. Jesus. I've been, there's a hashtag out there called Orson's Last Film. Yeah, we were trolling and, and them early on. on <laughs> when we first started. Like, saying, like, this is really, this so, is really Orson's last film. Somehow that's, we thought that was going to make us big. Listeners, which if we you think would of, like to troll... Orson's last film. Please do so. They're on Twitter. You have my um, permission. Great. Um, <laughs> Great. Next we have... By the way, my note here says Moonlighting episode aired five days after his death. Oh, okay. All right. Next we have... And lastly, we have the voices of Soundwave, Megatron, Rumble, Frenzy, Wheelie, and random junkie on Mr. Frank Welker. Yay. Broke Dick Mel Blanc. No, that's uh, Caleb Carter uh, original, which is nobody wants to take credit for that, uh, even though I just said it. Which is obviously a joke because we have so much respect for his oh, work, yeah. particularly he's Megatron and Galvatron. Obviously, he's a superstar, but I wanted uh, just to prove uh, that we know he ain't no sucker. Uh, we, I just wanted to benchmark some legends in the game against uh, Frank Welker here in terms of number of credits. Okay. 
So Lorenzo Music, voice of Garfield and Peter Venkman, uh, this is IMDb, has 37 credits to his name. And it's hard for me to translate this because I don't know if they count the same characters twice or if it's on an episode-by-episode basis or like like or movie-by-movie. Movie. But that's the number of credits Lorenzo Music has. And I have to feel like there was more than 37 episodes of Garfield and Friends, but... I don't know. Look up that uh, that Gar- Garfield Gab or, or Gar- Garf Gab. Oh, yeah, that Garf is Gab. doing uh, every episode yeah, of that on a, YouTube. That's it's pretty good. good. That's yeah, great sense of humor. Uh, Dan <laughs> Ca- Dan Castellanata. Uh, that's some star power. Voice of Homer Simpson. He was the Mole King on Tick. Uh, he took the role of the genie in subsequent Aladdin projects. He has 222 That's a lot. credits in IMDb. Billy West. You guys know who Billy West is, I'm assuming. No? Of course. Okay, he's the of voice of Fry. Uh, oh, sure. Uh, and uh, on Futurama, he was the original Stimpy, took over for Ren after that piece of garbage John Kay left the show. <laughs> uh, taking a political stance. Look out. Is it? Um, and uh, at any rate, 239 credits. Uh-huh. Damn. Uh, June Foray. A legend in the game of voice acting. She was the voice of Rocket J. Squirrel, and along with that, has 322 credits to her name. Uh, Mark Hamill, uh, Joker in Batman the Animated Series. I maintain the best voice of Joker. Uh, among so many good. other roles, including uh, he is in the Transformer Power of the Primes. He voices yes. uh, oh, some really? characters in that. 326 credits. Uh, Maurice LaMarche, who's also on Futurama as Calculon. Uh, he was the brain in Animaniac. I have something about him later. Industry guy, 349 credits. Tress McNeil, 358 credits. She was uh, Agnes Skinner among many Simpsons voices. She was Dot on Animaniacs. John DiMaggio, who did the voice of Bender... Uh, 366 credits. Tom Kenny, we all love Tom Kenny, voice yes. of SpongeBob, but of course, Mr. Show. Yes. I wonder if, due to SpongeBob, he's got to be the richest voice actor, or certainly the richest guy from Mr. Show. Maybe. <laughs> I'd, say uh, I'd say your Simpsons. Outside of Jack Black, maybe. I would say your Simpsons voice actors are probably some That's of the true. That's true. Absolutely. That's true. Um, but he sports an impressive 452 credits. So, um, Frank Wilker murders all of these people. In fact, as far as I can tell, literally, like <laughs> uh, he, Frank Walker has 826 credits That's to his name. The only person that I could find that had more was, in fact, Mel Blanc, That's right. who has 1179. God damn! <laughs> so Frank Walker, but Frank Walker ain't done yet, motherfucker. No, <laughs> Still time. That Still is time. absolutely true. See, that should be the record, not the fastest words. <laughs> One other note here that I thought <laughs> it would have been funny. Uh, so Frank Welker is the voice of Rumble and Frenzy. It would have been funny if they gave Frank Welker Rumble. But they were like, uh, sorry, Frank, I just don't think you're right for Frenzy. <laughs> I don't think Frenzy speaks. It, I think they both have the exact same yeah, sort they're of the like same fake voice. jersey like oh, wait. mob captain sort of. I think maybe they both speak inside of, um, uh, um, in, in, in the... Oh, God. First we crack the shell, no, no, no. then we crack the nuts inside. Inside of Astro Train, I think, when they come out and say, no one calls Soundwave unchrasmatic. Like, and in unison? I No, I think there's another line after that that I disremember. Uh, but I think one said, like, Frenzy says one line and Rumble says another line. The shell and nuts inside is the same. Next up here in the credits, so we are going to just kind of tackle these credits on a kind of overall topic-by-topic manner, Mm -hmm. and we've kind of assigned them to each other, and Ryan is going to talk about uh, Wally Burr Recording Studios. Yep, voice recording and processing by Wally Burr Recording. And uh, this guy, born in Chicago, where we will be at the end of this month. Um, He is, you know... 
a legend in the recording industry, uh, basically known for being a perfectionist during recording um, sessions. Um, and I, I looked up, I looked whenever I was Googling him, uh, I found pictures of him and he kind of looks like Martin Scorsese and Larry Kaufman, oh, I can see that. Uh, which I have a graphic if you'd like to look, but oh, then yeah. also looking at it, I think maybe they just all look like old white dudes. Yeah, they do. <laughs> which all end up kind of looking the same. With his big eyebrows. This is what the three of us are going to look like. Yeah. I'll have thinner eyebrows, but yeah. Yes, very significant eyebrows on all of them. Maybe that's just why I connected that. Um, uh, his voice, some of like some of his few credits are, are like GI Joe, Jim, Inspector Gadget, Spider Man, Dino Riders, which I don't think got enough love. I loved that as a kid, uh, and then Captain Caveman, the Teen Angels. Um, right. that Captain, was all one. Captain the Teen Angels, yes, Captain Caveman and oh, the Teen Angels. That's the full title. That just sounds weird and yeah, it does. creepy and oh, yeah. not not. Right. I have a game later where we decide whether it's porn or a real title of something <laughs> like an '80s cartoon. <laughs> yes, right. Josie and the Pussycats. Uh, all right. His biggest like thing that, uh, aside from being known for, as a perfectionist and going hand in hand with that, is that he's known for uh, maybe being overly zealous in his recording sessions and exceeding union rules, mm-hmm. um, giving line readings, which is, if you don't know, uh, in the industry, whenever an actor, if you're the director or whatever, uh, you tell an actor how to say something, and they do not like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, say it like this, bump, 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 beat for beat, and he did that a lot. Um, he, uh, one line I thought that should have gotten a line reading that I mentioned in one of our past episodes that annoyed me was Hot Rod's, uh, delivery, Judd Nelson's delivery of Hot Rod's line, Unicron, who's Unicron, Mm -hmm. which I thought should have gone more like Unicron, who's Unicron? Because it sounds like he's been... Mm-hmm. Like besieged with this name throughout the whole movie. Maybe Wally first. Burr was starstruck that Scotty Appleton was up in his motherfucker. I thought I, I thought maybe he was sick that day, <laughs> or maybe whoever his assistant guy was there. Maybe Ken Berger was just there that day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely, and it is uh, the 1987 animators voice actor strike. Uh, which limited voice acting sessions to four hours instead of eight. Um, Basically, you mentioned, Aaron, Maurice LaMarche, which was Brain from Pinky and the Brain, Mm -hmm. accused Wally Burr of being one of the people, that's the reason there, like, one of the reasons there was the strike. Um, And, like, he apologized later at a con that they both appeared at, but I don't know, I'm like... Who apologized? Uh, Maurice. Maurice did. Oh, to Wally. He apologized to Wally because he said that like if I was hired for eight hours, I should have expected to work eight hours and that he was maybe a little too harsh. But I don't know. I mean, the sheer volume of people who said shit, I think probably that Wally Burr was an right. asshole. Whenever I listen to the uh, the special features on various Transformers the movie stuff, whenever Wally Burr comes up, there you could tell there's a tension. Uh, yeah, when the actors uh, bring him up, but but they'll all say, and I'm sure you the, your notes say that that he got results though. Like it's true. That's one of the people will talk about the acting on that show as the one of the highlights of the show. Yeah, and uh, I mean, Michael Burr, Michael Burr, Michael Bell jokingly uh, inferred that Burr was responsible for Orson Welles' death, <laughs> which I like to think is literal. <laughs> like he came and murdered him. <laughs> Um, but that, that's, as a sidebar of that, the, Michael Bell, I just coincidentally uh, found out that he was one of the characters in the uh, pilot episode of Star Trek The Next Generation, Encounter at Farpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, he played, uh, I mean, on the, on the show, on the TV, Transformers show, he played Prowl, Sideswipe, Bombshell, mm-hmm. First Aid, and Swoop. Um, but he played Zorn 
in Encounter at Farpoint, which uh, I actually recorded some, and you can hear Prowl's voice in this performance if you want to listen to this. Hold on. The source of this problem. Have you any idea? No. No, absolutely not. And I find nothing helpful or productive in any of this. And that's it. No other comment. Well, what do you expect of us? We offer you a base designed to your needs, luxurious by even human standards. While evading even our simplest questions about it. We're not for now. The Ferengi would be very interested in a base like this. Fine. Let's hope they find you as tasty as they did their past associates. Racist against popping, Ferengi, but popping those s's. Uh, anyway, I just maybe I just recognized Prowl because I I had the episode where it's uh, I think it's Roll for It where Chip Chase takes control of Prowl and I, I watched that over and over on on, on VHS. Is that the one where he had the the uh, the floppy disk that he yes ripped, that he ripped, that he ripped in, up and with his bare hands. <laughs> Hey man, when you don't have use of your legs, your upper body gets hyper strong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there are lots Everybody of great videos of this guy, and I recommend going and looking up, like on YouTube, uh, Wally Byrne, Frank Welker, where there's a Ravage uh, recording session um, <laughs> at 3:20. Uh, Wally Burr's, uh, uh instruction is uh, okay. This one is angry mauling of a victim. <laughs> And then Frank Welker does it. <laughs> uh, there's also a Wally Byrne, Chris Lotta uh, Laserbeak recording that is available. If you just Google that, you'll you'll find it very easily. Or uh, go to our website. Yep, I will post it on our guest page. Com. Yep, yep, exactly. <clears throat> and he died in uh, July 9th, 2017, uh, oh. 90 fucking three years old. Which this becomes a theme. A lot of these guys are super old when they die that are related to Transformers. That's because... The, the movie and, and I think the, the form makes these men very wise. Like a man on the mountain yeah. in Tibet? Yes, exactly. Like, mm-hmm. like, a, like, a, like a guru. Just sorts. like that. Or that they came of age uh, in the time of modern medicine. Yeah, or they're just normal people. Yeah. <laughs> all right, well, I mean, we, can all, we can speculate all day long. <laughs> um, oh, well, next up here, we've got uh, Caleb Carter stepping up with uh, hey, some music I did uh, some research. <laughs> did some research. Holy shit, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yeah, hang on to your hats. Um, so the music was supervised by uh, sound, a company called Soundtracks, T-R-A-C-S, mm-hmm. okay? So it's cool. So, yeah. So it should have had an X. Then it so been Soundtracks cool. was a uh, company that uh, was involved in the 80s with music recording and post-production studio equipment. And they uh, went on after this. I think that they... Um, kind of got out of the recording and, and, and supervision and got into producing those large mixing consoles that you see when oh, you're wow. like in a uh, So they're recording. a manufacturer. Yeah, so, you know, they were they were making... Uh, I, I think the company was started by some sound engineers. Yeah, actually, yes, it was formed in the 80s by a group of recording engineers. Mm-hmm. So they were doing recording. They were also making equipment, and I think they decided to focus more on the equipment. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Equipment itself. And they were purchased in 2002 and became part of a new company called Digico. I found, uh, I couldn't find any direct information on them dealing with Transformers other than the credit, but I did find uh, just kind of ancillary. I found a Digico console online. Basically, I was thinking, I wonder if we can find the original mixing board that was used for the movie or the studio. Didn't, but (laughs) found a Digico. The answer is no. I did find a Digico console online that we can uh, consider ourselves for improving the sound quality of the Arc Studio that we have here for our last three episodes. Yeah, and I found the Digico SD12 Live Digital Mixing Console. 
Write that down. Can you get it for free? The, S- <laughs> the, S- the SD12 is set to raise the bar in terms of what users will now expect from a compact, oh, shit. affordable, multi-application digital console. It is for sale for $94,072. Oh Christ. But $73 shipping only. So um, That's not free shipping? That's not included? <laughs> no. Jesus, that's more than my house. I wouldn't want to ship a $94,000 anything in the mail, in parcel. So anyway, but hey. Well, in that case, that's we, cheap shipping. We might, be able, yeah, <laughs> we, might, we might be able to find a, a vintage one similar to the one used for the movie for under $10,000. All right, so go to our store and buy 1,100 of our posters, yeah, and that'll so get us 10% that's, there. That's, sound, that's soundtracks. That's, Very nice. That's that company, yeah. Awesome. Uh, well, you're also signed up for Vinstacola. Diet Vinstacola. Yeah. And, oh, I, I was going to bring one to crack open. I made a note that says, <laughs> I, I wrote a note that said, it says, I want to talk about Ed Fruget. And it says, while I do so, I'll crack open a refreshing can of Vinstacola. Well, I'll, just, do that. I'll add that in post. Okay. <laughs> All right, so uh, yes, Vince DiCola, he uh, arranged and produced the music score along with a, a gentleman named Ed Fruget. We've talked a lot about Vince DiCola, so uh, I wanted to focus <clears throat> more on his creative partner during mm-hmm. this era, Ed Fruget. Which sounds like a cheese. Yeah, um, and he is an interesting guy, actually, that went down quite a rabbit hole with him. Mm-hmm. Um, Ed Fruget was uh, born in 1959 in Louisiana. He is a musician. Creole! And a- uh, I guarantee. Uh, he's a he's a Tabasco. He's a he's a musician and a producer, and um, his uh, his family started a uh, music store in um, in Louisiana in Lake Charles in nineteen in the nineteen forties. It is the oldest and largest music store in Southwest Louisiana and Southeast Texas. It is a two story, fourteen thousand square foot wow. mega music store. Um, so his dad went blind in his twenties and became a blind piano tuner. Hmm. Not uncommon. There are a lot of piano tuners, uh, blind people that make their living doing piano tuning. Interesting. So there's one here. In, there's one here in town, hmm. uh, or was Mr. So that was interesting. But then it got in, even more interesting. Hmm. Uh, he he has a separate <laughs> production company called EMF Productions, specializing in creative production of film, television, music, commercial, audio spots, and advertising jingles. Um, so he, I'll, I'm going to circle back to that because we need to find something online to watch. But no. he spent time in the 80s pursuing music, and that's where he met Vince, okay, mm-hmm. in the 80s. And so worked with him on various uh, movies. I think that they were, you know, pit, pitched stuff to like Cobra, the still mm-hmm. movie Cobra. Yeah. I find a lot of... Uh, of these other people, there's connections to Rocky Four. I yep. think the All Touch right. and Dare, uh, one of those songs uh, was the supposed touch. to be in Cobra. Cobra. Yeah. So. Yeah, and and Vince DiCola <clears throat> did some of the score for right. Rocky Four. And this and this gentleman Ed was actually a, a touring musician with the um, Frank Stallone band. Oh yeah, Frank wow. Stallone. So there was a lot. You know, these guys were pretty heavy into that that certain part of the. Uh, uh, at least in that circle of, of... Who had a bunch of, coincidentally, yeah. songs on the Rocky movies. Yes, right. So anyway, nowadays he's back. Uh, he, he's back in... Uh, at you know in, Back in the New York groove. In, in, in New Orleans doing, you know... Mm-hmm. He's Crawfish! Crawfish. God damn! <laughs> he's, 
president of of uh, Lake Charles Music. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, is there a lot of accordion in his modern composition? No, actually, quite the opposite. Okay. It's a lot of like real synthesizer based, spacey set to the accordion setting. Sure, Caleb is so mad. Fine. Uh, but he has, uh, so let's go to Lake Charles Music website. All right. He has been making advertisements for his company since the 70s. So, like, he was, and you can find, that's him now, but mm-hmm. now these are all of his earlier. They're all of them? Yes. What do you recommend? Pick one. I, I have a, Bank I, robbery one. Let's do it. Oh, they download. Wave, they oh, it downloads to your computer. computer. There will not be any virus. They're wave, they're wave files. I couldn't play them yet. That's him. How's your day going anyway? Does your job have you all tied up? Having trouble getting ahead? Are you irritated when the least thing oh, is wrong? This took a this is the weirdest the shit. With the easy play fun organ from Lake Charles Music. Bring fun into your life with music. With Lake Charles Music. We can I don't understand. Oh wait a minute. This, this is to be continued. We have to see. Yeah, that. we gotta watch all of these. Bank, bank, bank robbery too. too. Yeah. We gotta watch all of these. I haven't watched any of them yet because I couldn't get into play. Bananas. That's like they just showed up and were like, shoot whatever. Watch, watch. He, he made it. Right, let's these. watch one more. Pick it. What's uh, it going to be? Let's, let's United do... Nations. I want to yeah, s- sure. probably racist. <laughs> there was an important development at the UN today. It's covered in the special report by Cliff D. Sharp. <laughs> a special session of the United That's Nations was held today in closed war session. There was much tension as a result of the broken treaty among the nations. What? That's kind of funny. Wait, don't... Oh my god! <laughs> so Lake Charles Music has a seat at the United Nations? It's yeah. apparently its own country. So, that was amazing. So anyway, yeah, he, yeah, he's, he's, he made nice all of these. They're still on his website. They're these old commercials that he made. And um, if these are on YouTube, we definitely need. Them. I, I'd look. So they're good. not just his. Just his modern day one. Is. I wonder I if we can embed them. Yeah, hopefully. If they're not, good. ladies and gentlemen, do yourself a favor. Yeah. Go to LakeCharlesMusic.com so and have he, a fun afternoon. He is so so. He's an interesting guy. Uh, he's a definitely a DIY kind of guy. Made his own commercials mm-hmm. back in the seventies and eighties. Um, you know, then he did the Transformers thing. Uh, he's back at the store now. He is in a band, or as of as of. Uh, 15, well, the past 10 or 15 years, he's in a band called ETA. Mm-hmm. So, estimated time of arrival. Um, yeah. And Is so, it really? and so if, uh, let's go to that. Uh, let's see if we can find. Is that on this Lake Charles? Uh, no, I don't think so. You've got to go to, just type in uh, ETA Ed Fruget. Welcome to the ETA Trilogy website. This is an album that Holy he put out. Shit. And he made a logo called ETA. It looks very 70s, like, yeah. futurist. It looks, and so, it looks like the, the, what are the Hale-Bopp people called? The, uh, it, it looks, oh, the Marshall Apple? Yeah, the, 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 the logo looks is like very... like the Hale-Bopp cult logo. The logo he, is uh, very... Heaven's, 
Heaven's Gate. Gate. So the meaning behind this logo is, so it's it's an album, it's a double album that he put out with this other gentleman named Tony Dupuis. And so you've got three aspects of the album. you got the light side, the cool side, <laughs> the light side, the cool side, and the hot side. Like the McDLT. So see, yeah. So if you go to the light side, you can see the kind of music that's featured there. And there's an awesome Whoa. picture of him playing in space. I can't make the image any bigger, but he's playing his piano in space. Mm-hmm. He's got like a headset on mm-hmm. and he's playing a guitar. Oh, my God. And then there's, you know, then there's the hot side. And so so basically, um, uh, the... the so there's there's the there's the as the logo symbolizes the trilogy is conceived as a music in three categories the hot side the cool side and the light side and so for uh, the the lights the the, the light side it's in, it experience the ethereal contemporary piano pieces of the light side of ETA's trilogy and be transformed into present time peaceful what? meditative and contemplative. And then let the smooth jazz elements of the cool side elevate the energy level with melodic instrumental jazz cuts and, <laughs> and enjoy the soulful singing and positive lyrics of the hot side of ETA's trilogy, featuring a magical combination of the gruff vocals of Dupuis and the smooth vocals of Fruget. Uh, I'm almost done with this guy. But I was <laughs> oh, say, uh, here's, the, here's the reviews uh, about, about Trilogy. Local entertainers Ed Fruget and Tony Dupuis are a couple of Lake Charles's hidden treasures. They sing, they write songs, and together they play a myriad of instruments. Their songs feature the gruff Michael McDonald-like vo- vocals of Dupuis <laughs> and the smoother Kenny Loggins-type vocals of Fruget. Oh. Their concert is a unique, energetic assortment of songs that use electronic drum keyboard technology. Uh, let me skip here. Uh, there's one... This one's an interesting review. From jingles for corporate customers to rock and roll in area clubs to writing soundtracks for movies, Ed and Tony have played it all. And along the way, they built businesses that let them put bread on the table. <laughs> Sounds like they had some real downtime. <laughs> all, all the while, the music kept going in their heads, pouring out onto paper and tape into the wee hours of the morning. And as Ed says in his song Magic, originally written for Disney, don't give up on your dreams. Follow them through, and that's what these two guys have oh, done. What year did this album come out? Uh, I think in the nineties, late nineties, maybe. But I, you know, that I read that, and that was inspiring to me. You know, don't give up on your dreams. Follow them through, and it reminds me a lot, guys, of of what we're doing here at the APDC. Mm-hmm. You know, because we've definitely been DIY guys, and so I kind of look at this guy as kind of a a, a kindred spirit of sorts. Oh, great! Us. Now I'm real yeah. depressed. <laughs> So that's that's Ed Fruget. Seems like a cool guy. Yeah, uh, thanks for going down stuff. that rabbit hole. Yeah, uh, so. those videos of his vintage yeah. commercials are those, amazing. We should put those up. I will try to embed them. Yes. Yeah, and Lake Charles music's still there. Maybe we should go visit him sometime. Is it? Where is that? Louisiana. Oh, oh. 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 guarantee <laughs> gumbo, crawl daddy. <laughs> Sorry, Louisiana people. Um. All right. Well, you talked about Fruget. Yeah. Not much else to say about Fruget. <laughs> Okay. Oh, All right. Uh, Hooray. Te- technical advisor Charles uh, Charles uh, Colello or Colello. Hi, Colello. He, he uh, born in 1938. He is an American singer, composer, conductor, arranger, and record producer. Born in New Jersey. In the late 50s, he was a member of Frankie Valli's group, The Four Lovers. He was, by the way, I'm sorry. He was the technical advisor for this for mm-hmm. the music for this mm-hmm. movie. Uh, the, the the group originally was called the Four Lovers, but he left before the group was transformed into the, the Four, Four Seasons. Four Seasons, yeah. Yes. And in '62 he became the group's musical arranger, and in '65 he joined the Four Seasons lineup as a bassist. Um, he departed the group though, becoming a staff 
arranger-producer at Columbia Records, and became an independent producer and arranger, and a year later arranged Frank Sinatra's album Watertown. So I guess this was a big moment for him. I guess he's he's well-known in the industry as a musical arranger. Um, He has worked with Streisand, Sinatra. Uh, He's the guy that did the arrangements in uh, Neil Diamond's Sweet Caroline. Sweet Caroline. So that's him. Wow. Um, Your grandfather's music, ladies and gentlemen. And all the drunk people at the piano bars. (laughs) That's right. All the white drunk people. Yeah. I love hearing that. Um, Springsteen, uh, like he, uh, the the album Jungle Land, uh, or, or the song Jungle Land on the album Born to Run, Born to Run is by far the best Springsteen, uh, in my opinion, album ever made. And there's a lot of uh, uh, orchestra stuff in it. Mm-hmm. He's responsible for that. Did a good job. Uh, he has over 100 Billboard chart records, 38, which have been top wow. 20. That is Mr. Kaleo or Kalello, I apologize. I think Kalello. Music editor. we got Fruge again. We've talked about him at length. Um, musical score engineered by Tony Papa. Tony Papa. Tony Papa. I could find very little about Tony Papa. Thank God. Um, <laughs> No critique of you. <laughs> no shade. <laughs> he uh, apparently he gets some special music thanks on Rocky Four, so huh. there's a connection there again. He wandered Rocky. onto the set one yeah. day, and he apparently was the music engineer on the Weird Al show that Weird oh, Al wow. had. Uh, synthesizer programming. Casey Young. Casey Young has designed synthesizers and programmed electronic instruments for a string of albums and movies over his long career. He was a keyboardist in the late 60s, and um, let's see, he uh, began programming synths such as the Synclavier for studio recordings as well as live concert events. He became the go-to guy for creating sounds and sound design, so you can see where he's coming in handy here for the movie. Um, Let's see, he did uh, studio projects with Johnny Gill, the band Yes, uh, on the Michael Jackson's Bad Album, Tina Turner, and a bunch of smooth jazz artists. Uh, Again... A special thanks on Rocky IV's credits, yeah, oddly so enough. So weird. Um, this he, becomes a theme where, like, a lot of this, uh, in my stuff, yeah. too, where, like, it's a lot of people, like, it's a very small world with all yeah, these people. Small world. Uh, so he's, so I have a list of the synthesizers used for the Transformers movie. Oh, good. And I won't go into detail, except that uh, I did find, there's one here called the Emu Modular Synth. It is a huge system comprising of five cabinets. It's the largest Emu wow. system uh, and here's a good here's a good. It picture. looks like there's a picture. It looks like a switchboard. It looks like a switchboard from wow. like the 1940s. Yep. And, and so to do the different effects, do you connect different? Yeah, you, uh, pe- old, you do. Like, oh my god. Effects. Yeah, and uh, these were these were analog synthesizers before they before things went went digital. I'll I, put there this were, there up. were some digital ones at the, this point in time, but that they were still bringing out some of the modular ones. Uh, this is uh, a modular system, poly- polyphonic keyboard and sequencer. Basically, you create sounds on these by manipulating patch chords yeah. to direct the signal through the modules above the keyboard. So plugging in chords to all, a thousand different little Yeah, little it can chords. do about anything. You just got to really experiment. It Christ. Where it's um, today, I just have to hit a button with a picture of the accordion on it. Exactly. That's, that's exactly right. What I want. Yeah, that's right. You okay. love accordions. <laughs> um, Bringing it all home. So um, that's that's <clears throat> so I'm I'm done now. That's all I have. So <laughs> sorry, guys. I no, nothing to apologize for. I didn't realize. I thought we were going to be hurting for content. Turns out we weren't. So I knew that we would be. This, is this unlistenable? I don't know. <laughs> Ryan, I believe you have a little bit of information about the Scotty Brothers yes. records and Sound, tapes. Soundtrack album on Scotty Brothers records and tapes. Uh, spoilers now defunct. Um, they began in 1974 with Tony and Ben Scotty, uh, and their first re- real success was with Leaf Garrett. 
who Ooh, is sexy. now mostly famous for child actor syndrome. Yeah. Like he is. I think he uh, like uh, made a guy paraplegic. Like oh, I, think Jesus. Got, yeah. I think he got into yeah. a car wreck and uh, yeah, it was a big. Oh deal. no, <laughs> you didn't. I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, basically, I just looked at a picture of him and he's fifty six now and looks seventy six. Using both legs though, Leaf yep. Garrett. Leaf Garrett, we're sorry. I'm um, not. Okay. Seems like an asshole. <laughs> I don't know. He's I don't know. That, that, that was purely. <laughs> I have no idea. Okay. Well, I really am truly sorry. Uh, his first hit was "I Was Made for Dancing," which was from 1979. His second hit was that guy in his. I car. was made for hitting. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Does not dance in the video. Um, apparently, like he. I mean, I like the song though. Uh, he also started Cheerleader Camp in 1988, which is available on YouTube, and no one is monitoring it in full, so you can go watch that. I do like that movie, hmm. but and there's a, also a terrible singing scene where he raps, and it's basically like the Mr. Show skit where it's like a rap, a rap, a rappy rap, rap. It's god awful. Um, so he was the first Scotty Brothers. Yeah, he was okay. their first big hit. Was he was. Yeah, he's what launched him into mm-hmm. okay. the stratosphere. Gotcha. Um, all, uh, Scotty Brothers Pictures, uh, they went into that and merged with All American TV in 1991 to become All American Communication, which was, uh, they produced and distributed Baywatch, hmm. which for our younger listeners was basically um, uh, David Hasselhoff and uh, Pam Anderson, beach, beach lifeguards running in slow motion. Yeah, sexy. Yeah, and they tried a couple other things to like uh, to parrot that that success, but didn't really go anywhere. And then that uh, uh, leads us to Weird Al, who uh, why is Weird Al's dare to be stupid in this movie? And like you said, Aaron, uh, I think um, he was on the Scotty Brothers le- uh, label, and uh, he jokingly says, "Somebody called me up and said, hey, you want to have your song in Transformers the movie?'" And he was like, "Sure. How'd you get this number?" Making it happen, Al. It's <laughs> good stuff. I feel. I. I think all the artists on this album were Scotty Brothers artists. Yeah, I think so. I believe. Argue, Weird Al arguably being their heaviest hitter. Sure. Yeah. Which is pretty obvious because when it was bought by Sony Music Entertainment in '97, they did. They they canceled all their uh, contracts with everybody except Weird Al and Survivor. Who did Eye of the Tiger in Rocky Three? That's crazy. All these connections. I know. Rocky goes to Rocky. Yeah. I'm, I'm, you should see the diagram I made with all the strings on my yeah. wall connecting everything. Yeah. <laughs> it looks like a FBI. Uh, Absolutely. Pro, it's like, it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't have Rocky uh, in my little part here. What's, what's the conspiracy thing we always say? Uh, follow the money. Follow the money. Qui bono. Yeah, yeah. Who benefits? Yeah. Follow the money. Yeah, there you go. Uh, I guess that brings me to discuss the final topic of this minute, distributed by CBS Records. So, the music in the music industry, the distributor manages the logistics of getting music into retail space for uh, ultimate consumer purchase. This could be like getting them to music stores, big box stores, bookstores, whatever. And um, so, as a label, Scotty Brothers would sign contracts with artists. They would oversee recording, marketing, uh, promotion, and all that. Uh, but CBS Records would then pick up the ball and, and move those units into retail. And um, CBS Records, obviously, you know, today music distribution is very different than it was in 1986, sure. um, as most units are digital. But uh, there's still a role to play in bringing music to fans. There's still physical albums, and it's just, you know, the job is somewhat different. But um, about CBS Records, it began life in 1929 as American Record Corporation. 
which itself was a conglomerate of several <laughs> record companies. Um, it eventually acquired the Columbia Phonograph Company, which had a monopoly on sales and service of Edison phonography and cylinders in the District of Columbia Electric area. Electric sports bra, electric sports is, bra. Is Columbia, which, which is the old record company that's got the picture of the dog staring at the old... Uh, I think that's RCA. That's RCA, okay. So uh, That's Nipper. Is the name of that dog? Okay. Interesting. How about that? So um, <laughs> go to me for all the dog facts. So, um, like, uh, basically, um, Columbia ended up like they produced like a lot of record companies at this time, or like they manufactured, but they also would produce records because that's just like. Huh. Sheet music, this is like before records. So the primary mode of music sales, the primary thing that happened was sheet music. Yes. And what would happen, basically regionally, these companies would record local artists, but doing the popular songs of the day. Sure. So, so and then that would be, is what would ultimately be sold as records or um, or the cylinders that would go yeah. into these phonographs. And a quick, a quick thing about that. Uh, so during the sheet music era, I mean, you, you had a lot of, you know, everyone had a parlor in their house and had like an upright piano. When when the sitting room, <laughs> they were selling like hundreds of thousands of copies of these, I mm-hmm. mean, which mm-hmm. was a lot back then. For people who were just buying mm-hmm. to sit down and play it, mm-hmm. and so uh, they were very popular. Right. So ultimately, uh, according to my notes, in the year twenty nine thirty eight, <laughs> Columbia Phonograph Company was acquired by Columbia Broadcasting by al- System by aliens. <laughs> yeah. Now, nineteen thirty eight, Columbia Phonograph. Phonography Company was acquired by Columbia Broadcasting System, a.k.a. CBS, who ultimately um, renamed the subsidiary to Columbia Records. 1966, Columbia was just renamed CBS Records, and from 71 to 91 was known as CBS Record Group. So technically, they should say distributed by CBS Record Group. Mm-hmm. But, um, and then ultimately, as you kind of alluded to earlier, um, Sony acquired CBS Records for $2 billion Whoa. in 1991. That's $3.7 billion in today's dollars. That's a lot of money back now. Um, but it operated as Sony Music Entertainment until 2004. There was a joint venture with Bertelsmann to form Sony BMG Music Entertainment. Ultimately, Sony acquired Bertelsmann's 50% stake in the company, and the company now operates as Sony Music under its parent company of Sony Entertainment in the giant corporate umbrella that is Sony Corporation, which is housed in Sony City, Tokyo, Japan, with revenues of 6.6 trillion yen, or about 58.5 billion U.S. dollars. Um, Artists under the CBS banner back at these times uh, around the 80s included Judas Priest, Wham!, yeah, and Ray Stevens were distributed oh, by oh, CBS sure. Records. The, uh, the, like the squirrel. other parody song yeah. guy. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the broke dick weird Al. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Oh yes, they call him the Streak. <laughs> yes. But um, so yeah, that so that's CBS Records in a nutshell. And CBS is one of those like I mean Sony is one of those major. I mean they get you have labels and you have distributors and publishers and I think CBS slash Sony is one of those that can operate as all those. You can they sign can a deal all. that does all of that with them. But for the purposes of this, they were the distributor. Um, so that brings us to the end of this minute. Oh fuck. <laughs> Listeners, was this interesting? <laughs> Script deviations. Wait. Oh, wait. Sorry. Sorry. 
next time on the Autobot Decepticast. We are going to rehash the songs, and we're going to talk about the production staff. Who the hell are they? Designers, background artists. I swear to God, it's interesting. It's going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> I think this is all very interesting. So, uh, quick reminder, TFCon USA, October 26th through 28th, Crown Plaza, Chicago. And we're on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and tune in. Social media, at Apoddecast, and the web presence, autopoddecepticast.com. I think there's going to be a lot of good stuff to put on Oh, there. yes. iTunes users, you should rate and subscribe. Five stars, please. Bye. Bye. Bye, bye, bye. bye. <laughs> let's, let's watch one more commercial. <laughs>
Uh, do that, but then he goes to a bit over it. For example, like, well, we want to play. And mm-hmm. I'm like, no, I really don't want to play tonight. I mean, right. it's not it's not going to be worth it to us. We're not right. making any kind of guarantee. Mm-hmm. Well, I'd rather just hang out and do something either get, get drunk or <laughs> or you know, obviously, my we're supposed to be packing this weekend, and I all I've had a show Friday night and Saturday night. And, and this and bullshit. This. So, <laughs> so going to take up all your afternoon. And he's like, hmm. So anyway, there, there you go. All right, so let's not. That, that's, you should play like. I should have played like that last night. <laughs> I should have made people weird. think my keyboard. Yeah, I could have gotten away with it. And no one would have even noticed because their faces are buried in their phones or they're not there. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Let's watch credits. Yeah, let's watch mm-hmm. credits. That'll pull us out of this. Oh. Here. Blow cells, blow cells, where we sell good.